Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. But what does that mean? This series will challenge you to hold nothing back and go all in. share a little bit of a story. I played high school football, played baseball, basketball, and I ran track. And every single time guys get together, they create nicknames for each other. <clears throat> I thankfully didn't get a nickname. That would not have been a good situation. Probably, uh, you know, people have probably called me things behind my back, but you know, I never got a nickname that stuck. And, uh, but I, I had a friend that was on our football team. And in eighth grade, you go and you watch in the spring, in spring football, you go and watch what the football team goes and they do. They go and you participate a little bit in the practice, but you're really kind of just there to see how it works. And so in fifth grade, or in eighth grade, we went to our spring practice. We get bus there after, after school to the high school for the practice. And uh, I remember this one um, guy, his name is Destin, like Florida. And um, his, his mom picked him up or something and, and then brought him to the practice field for, for our practice. Now, we ran through the agilities and we ran the, the, the wind sprints and the different things that you would do. And then for the most part, after all of that, after all the conditioning, you, we just watched the, the big boys clash helmets and actually practice. And, and so Destin shows up as we're lining up to go through our stretches and our wind sprints and for conditioning to begin, and he's got a McDonald's milkshake, and he's just sipping on his milkshake, walking up to the practice. And if you know anything about testosterone-filled, angry seniors who look like they never take baths, who play football, they were not happy with this boy walking up with a milkshake for practice. And immediately, one of them came running at him and slapped the milkshake out of his hand and, like, you know, said some things to him that were really pleasant to the ear, I'm sure. And, uh, and forever, he was named Milkshake, all through high school. And there's probably still people that call him that now. He didn't like the name, but the name stuck. And, uh, and sometimes I feel like we are stuck with our own version of what our name is. And I, and I want to tell you today that God has renamed you. You are not what you think you are. Uh, you are not stuck with a nickname or stuck with a name that may not necessarily define who you really are in Christ. And so I want to set the tone with that. And that's where this comes from today. And we're going to study a little bit about a man named Abram whose name was changed by God to Abraham. And so before we get into that, I do want to pray because I'm a little unsettled. I think I'm better now, but it's been a crazy morning. And so I'm just going to pray for the service and pray for our time and just ask the Lord to bless, bless this time. All right, let's do it. Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for this word. 
And Lord, as we sit here today, I pray that you would allow this to be a special day. That it would be a day where we come here and we leave here changed. That this would be a day that would be a, a, a memory for us. That we would not be the same and that, Lord, we would change. Even just the littlest. We ask that in your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to I talk to you about Abraham and just a little um, insight on what we're about to read in Genesis chapter 17. It's the story of Abraham. And, and like I mentioned before, his name, birth name originally was Abram. And Abram meant exalted father. Exalted father. But God in this process changes his name from Abram to Abraham. And Abraham means father of multitudes. But Abraham wasn't necessarily a father of multitudes, so it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but God is renaming him for a reason and for a purpose. And so at this moment when we're about to read in here, Abram is 99 years old. And his wife is Sari, and Sari is 90. And she goes through a name change process as well. Her name is changed to Sarah. And Sarah actually means princess. So at 90 years old, Cyrie is changed to Sarah, named princess. And for some people, it's probably like, she's the princess, huh? Fine. All right. That's cool. And something you'll learn a little bit about me, and I'll I'll share a little bit about it too, is is I I come from a place where I I wasn't in, in, in the church culture when I was a child growing up. And, uh, and so there's certain things that I just never picked up on. And so uh, you might know the, the song, Father Abraham, and it's now stuck in your head. I know it now because my kids listen to it sometimes on VeggieTales. But I remember early on, even in ministry, and this is really kind of why in the, 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 we shape the church the way that it kind of is, is there's certain things that I just, church culture, when I thought about church people growing up, it was, I, I thought everybody was Ned Flanders. You know, and if, that, if you know what I mean, then you know what I mean. But like, that's what I thought everybody at church was like. And, uh, and so there's certain things I just never really grasped a hold of or even knew of. And so I remember one time going to a camp and one of the guys at the camp said, hey, everybody, let's sing Father, you know the song, Father Abraham. And I'm, I'm there as, as the youth pastor and I don't, I don't know the song. I, I know the first like line, you know. But then after that, I, 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 didn't, and I didn't know. And so I, that, for me, was a pivotal moment in my life where I thought, you know what? I'm never going to say, hey, you know the story of Jesus walking on the water. Now, a lot of people probably know that, but there's gonna be a time and a place where somebody does not know that story. There's gonna be a time and a place where somebody does not know Father Abraham. And I don't want to put somebody in a position where they feel like they're missing out on something because they've never heard something. And so that's really kind of a heartbeat that I have for the church. Now, with that being said, I don't know what you know about Abraham or Abram or if you even knew that the name changed. That, that part of that doesn't matter. That's why you're here today. But the cool thing about why some of you are here today is because you are in Anchor Kids. We have our kids in here today. It's a family service. We do that from time to time. And today was a good day because we were down some people over in Anchor Kids. But you know what? Thanksgiving's coming up. We're doing the Operation Christmas Child. It just seemed like a good fit for today to be that day. But I don't want this day to escape without you getting a dose, a little bit of what they, the kids go through as far as their curriculum is concerned. So parents, I want to show you just a typical 
video that the kids would watch on a Sunday. Now, the last couple weeks, they have been hearing about Abraham, so it's fitting that we're talking about Abraham today, but they're not hearing Abraham uh, from this particular group of videos, but I looked it up in, within the curriculum, and this video actually tells exactly what I need it to tell today. So, whether you know this or not, doesn't matter, you're gonna learn because here's something really special about God's word, it doesn't return void. Meaning this, that you might know a story and you might have heard it a hundred times, there's a chance that God's speaking to you in a new way with that story. Or you might hear it for the very first time. You might hear it in the context in which it's usually taught to kids, but yet it speaks to you for the very first time because it was taught to you in a different way. One thing that we say about Anchor Kids is we like to teach Jesus on their level. That means two things. We kind of make it uh, in a process, and you'll see in the video where it speaks to them, speaks to fourth grade, fifth grade, third grade. But also when we teach, we also sit down on the floor with them. We get on their level, and we look at them eye to eye, and we have a special time with them in, the, in that context. And so with that being said, here is a video from our curriculum that teaches a little bit about Abraham. Hey guys, I'm Alex, and this is Craig. Hey! The Bible tells us about a man who lived a long time ago named Abram. Abram loved God and followed his commands. He was married. Da, 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 da. What are you doing? Like the wedding song. He's married, dude. Oh, okay. To a woman named Sarai. More than anything, Sarai wanted to have a baby. <gasps> As she grew older, she started to believe that she would never have a child of her own. Man, that's sad. One day, when Abram was 99 years old, I'm 99! The Lord came to him. When Abram saw God, he fell. <gasps> no, not like falling from a cliff. He fell to his knees. Oh, that's good. Boom. God spoke to Abram and told him that he would now be called Abraham. Cool. And, and his wife would be called Sarah. That's pretty good, too. He promised Abraham that he would have many children, more than all the stars in the sky. <gasps> boop, 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 boop. Are those? Boop, boop, boop. Stars. Oh, okay. Even kings and nations would come from his family. God promised to be the God of Abraham and the God of all his family to come. Next, God told Abraham some very surprising news. He explained that Sarah would have a son. And she would be the mother of many nations. When Abraham heard this, he laughed. The thought of his wife having a child now seemed impossible to him. It's not gonna happen. After all, Sarah was 90 years old. I'm so old. Even though it didn't make sense to Abraham, God promised him again that Sarah would have a son by the next year. Bye-bye. They were to name him Isaac. Name him what? Isaac. Is that really how you think God sounds? Yes. Okay. God promised to be with Isaac and his children to come after him. When Sarah heard what God had said to Abraham, she laughed. <laughs> she knew she was too old to have a baby. Even though God's promise seemed impossible, Sarah gave birth to Isaac at the exact time God had promised. Ba-ba! Abraham was a hundred years old. A hundred? When his son was born. <laughs> Abraham and Sarah saw that God always keeps his promises. Ba-ba-ba! All right. Yeah, you, you clap again. That's, that's good stuff. So with that being said, we're going to read through what they just <clears throat> shared with us in uh, Genesis chapter 17. So if we could look at Genesis chapter 17, it says this, when Abram was 99 years old, I'm so old. See, I can't do that. I could, but 
The Lord appeared to him saying, I am God Almighty, live in my presence and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you greatly. See, here's the first notice or the first moment where where he actually mentions that he's gonna multiply Abram. Again, father of the multitudes, many nations. When Abram fell face down and God spoke with him, as for me, my covenant is with you, you will become the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram, but it'll, it'll, your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of nations. I will um, make you extremely fruitful, and I will make nations and kings come from you. I will keep my covenant between me and you and your future offspring throughout the, their generations as an everlasting covenant to be your God and your God of offspring over you. And you and your future offspring, I will give the land where you are residing in the land of Canaan and an eternal possession, I will, <clears throat> and I will be their God. God also said, said to Abraham, as for you and your offspring, after uh, you through, throughout their generations are to keep my covenant. This is my covenant, which you are to keep between me and you and your offspring and you, every one of the males must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you at eight days old is to be circumcised. This includes a slave born in your house and one purchased with money from a foreigner and the one who is not your offspring. A slave born in your house as well as one purchased with money must be circumcised. My covenant will be marked with or in your flesh as an everlasting covenant. If any male is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that man will be cut from his people and uh, be broken by my covenant. And God said to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, she will not be named Sarai for her, uh, it'll be Sarah and her name, will, that'll be her name. I will bless her indeed and I will give you a son by her I will bless her. She will produce nations. Kings and peoples will come from her. And so I'm gonna stop there because I've already fumbled through enough of that. But um, here's what's important to understand. That in Genesis chapter 17, God goes to Abram and he goes to Syri or uh, to eventually Sarah and explains to them that you are going to be the father of many nations. You are going to have all of this. There's going to be so much more that's going to be uh, there for you. I'm promising you the nations. I'm promising you multitudes. And he's 99 years old. And you can imagine at 99, you would not think that this was actually going to happen. And they talked about how he actually laughed. And Sarah laughs, and we'll read about that here in a second. But what I want you to understand is that when God came to him, there's an identity. He was defining who they were and what they were going to be. And there was a promise that was embedded into this statement when he says, you are no longer going to be Abram, you're going to be Abraham. You are going to be the father of many nations. And that was a promise. And at this point, Abram had no kids. He eventually has one that's not with Sarah, because he wasn't willing to wait. And then eventually he has Isaac that comes from Sarah at 100 years old. And so what we see in this moment is we see this name change and we see there's a change in identity. There, there was a definition of who Abram was before, but then there's a definition of who he was after. And what happens with us when we accept Christ as our Savior, when we begin this relationship with Jesus, we are no longer marked by our sin. We are no longer marked by who we were. We are no longer defined by what we've done. We are no longer milkshake. 
We are something new, something brand new. We are marked by his blood. We are marked by his forgiveness and we are forgiven. But we can be defined by so many different things. And so when that process or when that thing, when that change happens, when that change happens where Christ comes into our life, a name change or a new identity takes place. And, um, and, and so what I want you to understand is that when we gather together, it's not just about coming here and it being a check mark, like, okay, I took care of church this week or I took care of this thing this week. It should be a place or a time where you feel like, you know what, I'm changing. When, I, when I'm a part of the church, whether I'm a part of a small group where I come and I, I'm a part of, of, of listening on a Sunday morning and actually taking the words that we learn about and we hear about and I apply it to my life and I recognize that I am no longer what, what other people define me, but I am this, in this new identity that, and you really start to take on that name change and recognize your new identity, then it's not just checking off a box. It is far more than that. It is actually changing and progressing and becoming more Christ-like. And that's what Christian means. It's a little, little Christ or somebody that is following after Jesus. It is somebody that is pursuing him. And, and it's not just uh, reading the Bible just to read the Bible, but it's in praying just to pray. It is, it is specifically changing. Like I am going through a process where I am changing it's the sanctification. It's a big church word, but it's a sanctification process where I'm growing in Christ. And that's what should be happening here. So the first thing that I have for you, and we're gonna breeze through these today pretty quickly. It says this, it says, in a new name, in a new name, it's, and what happens when we receive a new name, it stakes a claim on a new identity or a new loyalty. It stakes a claim on a new identity or a new loyalty. We have, in our new identity, we have a new loyalty, and I could think of a time in my life where, um, where I, I was reluctant to go all in on this new identity in my life. And it might necessarily be in church or in, uh, in, 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 in just taking up some of these things like becoming a Bible reader or becoming a generous person or a servant or a prayer warrior. All those things, I don't necessarily know if I'm there yet. But sometimes I feel like when we are in this process, we're like, okay, I think that I could recognize my identity in Christ. I, I think that I'm ready to take this next step. I, I think I'm ready to go all in and just give Jesus everything. There's sometimes there's a foot that's kind of just waiting a little bit back because you can't quite just jump off the cliff. I don't know if you're afraid of heights, but you ever see those videos where somebody's trying to jump off of a cliff and, and they can't quite do it, but they kind of do it and then they tumble down the cliff and like into the water versus actually clearing the water and getting in and it being an awesome jump? Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we, 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 we hang back just, just enough where, where we don't actually go all in or we don't fully accept what that new identity in Christ is. And I wanna tell you today, sometimes you just need to take that jump. You need to take that leap. You need to stake a claim in that new loyalty and understand what that is and understand that it's okay. You gotta embrace it. Embracing means that you, have, you are embracing your new name is understanding that you have uh, a new loyalty to something new. And um, for me, when I got into ministry, it was a, it was a, weird, it was a weird journey for me. Um, I got involved with students, in, uh, in, not necessarily in student ministry. I, my, I had a director, a pro, I was a program director for uh, a, a, a program that taught healthy choices in high schools, and I fell in love with working with teenagers. This was my early 20s. I was still almost a teenager myself, but I was coaching at the local football, the local football team and just getting involved with teenagers, and I just fell in love with helping them make positive choices. 
And then eventually that led to me stepping into a place where I was doing it on a ministry level. I was volunteering and helping out in a local ministry and I fell in love with ministry and I fell in love with just teaching Jesus to teenagers and being able to do that full time. There was an opportunity for me to take that, that, that leap for me to go all in. See, now when you become, I didn't think about this, but when you become a youth pastor, when you work for a church full time and you're helping uh, students understand Jesus and making positive choices and, and the different things, they start to call you pastor. But I didn't think about that beforehand. And, and I never really realized that that was the role that I was, I, I knew it. Like I knew I was becoming, but like when people actually started calling me that, the label itself felt weird because I, I felt like maybe I'm not quite ready for this. And I remember when I was going through the process of, uh, of recognizing my call, because I believe that it is a calling to become a pastor, recognizing my call, I remember telling the church, yes, I'm going, to, I'm going to be there. Like the very next day, I had somebody call me, somebody that I respected greatly, and say, hey, I'm, I'm stepping down from my position he had been there for like 30 years. And he'd say, I would love, this was a Parks and Rec coordinator for the, for the county that I lived in. Could have totally been living the, the TV dream, right? But he said, hey, I'm stepping down and I can't think of anyone else that would fill this role greater than you and I would love to have you take on this role. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, did I make a mistake? Because that was, a, that was an easier thing for me to say yes to than, than jumping all in in a full, brand new identity. And I reverted back to the fact that I knew that God had called me to become a pastor. And I knew that that was the truth. And I knew that I had walked through a lot of prayer to find and come to that conclusion. And I think that sometimes we do that but there's something else that kind of, there's the carrot at the end of the stick that kind of lures us away from where we know that we should be. And we try to re-identify ourselves, even though that God's already identified you. And for me, I had to say no, and I had to really just jump all in in this new identity that, God, that I knew that God was calling me and leading me to. But there was a time where I wasn't quite sure, and I felt like I was straddling the fence because I, I didn't know what to do but sometimes it's just reverting back to knowing that God has changed you and he's calling you to a new identity and there's something there for you. The second thing that happens when we receive a new name is this, that we put to death an old loyalty. And I think that sometimes that's the hardest thing is actually stepping away from something. When we receive a new identity, a new name, sometimes that's the hardest thing. And when we see with Abram, he, he, he thinks it's funny. Like he knows that he's not, in his mind, he's not necessarily gonna be the father of many nations. He's 99 years old. How in the way, how in the world is that ever going to happen? So a part of him could be reserved from that and actually fall back to an old loyalty, but that doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, when we start to read on a little bit more, we start to learn a little bit more about Abraham and the steps that he took. In, in verse 17, Abraham says this, it says in, in, in chapter 17, verse 17, Abraham fell face down and then he laughed. Again, stuck to this old loyalty, this old thought. And he said to the, himself, can a child be born to a 100-year-old man? Can Sarah, a 90-year-old woman, give birth? So Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael were acceptable to you. Now, this was the, this was the boy that I talked about that, that Abraham had had without Sarah. 
But God said in verse 19, no, your wife Sarah will bear a son and you will name him Isaac and I will confirm my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his future offspring. As for Ishmael, I, I will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He will be the father of 12 tribal leaders and I will make him into a great nation. But I will confirm my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah will bear with you at this time next year. And when he had finished talking with him, God withdrew from Abraham. And then Abraham took his son Ishmael and all the slaves born in his house or purchased with his money, every male among the members of Abraham's house. And, um, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on that very day, just as had God had said to him. Talk about going all in. But he did it that day. He responded that day. Sometimes delayed disobedience is, is just still disobedience. Sometimes, I'm sorry, delayed obedience is disobedience. Sometimes when we know that we should be going in one direction, but we hesitate, that's still disobedience. And so Abraham did not do that. The very first thing that he did was he did what God had called and asked him to do. That was the sign of his faithfulness immediately. And so my question to you is, in your identity and in this, this stretch for you, as you may be straddling two different identities, you have a foot in the old life or the old you, and God is calling you into stepping into something new, are you willing to be faithful and are you willing to step forward and do it now and do it all in and do it immediately? And the third and final thing that I have here as far as a new name is this, is that it puts, um, I'm sorry, that it's a, it's a, it's a kairos moment in your life. And this word kairos is a Greek word, and it, is, it, it, it means like a, a monumental moment in your life. Like the moment that you graduate high school, it's the memories that you might make in your life that are monumental. Uh, the day that you get married, the day that you, maybe you're dating somebody for the first time and you actually fall in love. Maybe it's the first breakup. Maybe it's your first child. It's these moments that make your life and you can remember them. And I think that sometimes when we are willing to just say, I'm ready to go all in, I'm ready to accept my new identity, I'm ready to take on whatever it is that God wants me to take on, that can be your Kairos moment. And today could be that moment for you where you say, you know what, I'm ready to put to death the old loyalties that I have. I'm ready to put to death the old things that are going on, the old identity, the, old, the past, whatever it is, put that in the past and then step forward and move forward and go all in. That could be your Kairos moment, and it could be today. As we read through the rest of chapter 17, it says this, Abraham was 99 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. And on that day, Abraham and his son Isaac, uh, Ishmael, I'm sorry, were circumcised, and the men of his household, both slaves born to his house, and those purchased with money, uh, from a foreigner were circumcised with him. Everybody, he went through that whole process. It was his faith that did that. And so you have this paper that I handed out with, uh, handed to you just a few moments ago. Thanks to Danny and Kathy for doing that. It says at the top of this paper, it says, Abraham's faith is measured by his quick response. How quickly do you do what God tells you to do? How quickly do you do what God has told you to do? What would you say, or what would God say he wants you to start doing? 
Because there's these moments in our life where we, where we start something and we stop something. A lot of times they're one, they're one and the same. They, they happen at the same time. We start and we stop. So what does God say that he wants you to start doing and what does he want you to stop doing? What does he want you to continue doing? Here's a few examples. We can start reading our Bible every day, start listening to God, start trusting God. Your Kairos moment could be just you trusting and actually saying, you know what, I believe that you've led me to this place for a reason and I'm ready to accept it and willing to just jump in and do it. For me, that was the moment where I, I didn't know if, if this pastor thing was really what God wanted me to do. And then he put something else out there for me to, to see. And it was appealing, and I thought it was gonna be a great opportunity. But I looked at the calling that I had, and I thought, that's where God wants me to be. And he confirmed it, sometimes even just by dangling something else in front of me. But what does he want you to stop? What does he want you to start? Start releasing and being generous, because he gave you everything that you have. Maybe it's stop thinking that you have to do everything by yourself. Stop trying to do God's job. Start going to church every week and having fellowship every single day. Stop being, quote, religious because it doesn't impress God, but start surrendering your heart to him. Now I have this list here so that you could take it with you so you could read through these and, and pray about these and pray about these statements. So what, what new name do you, does he want you to have? You may not know how to pursue an identity, but you can start today by faith, trusting that God will surround you with the resources, the time, the energy, the counseling, the people that you need to be transformed. And so there's examples here of new names on that sheet that you should have received. Which one of these do you think that God is defining you? Maybe you've already recognized that this is the word, this is the phrase, these are the things that God has already defined you, but you haven't willingly accepted it yet because you feel like you're stuck to an old loyalty, to an old way, to an old identity. But I'm telling you now that you have been forgiven. You are redeemed. If you're in Christ, you have him with you. You have the power that helped him resurrect from the grave residing inside of you. So every single one of these things, you can be. And if you look through this list and you think that one of these you could never be, that's the one that probably God wants you to be, identify yourself with. Because that's the one that may be challenging for you to step forward and be all in with. So which one is it today? And it may not necessarily be one of those, but maybe you're convicted in some way, shape, or form to be identified as something else. What is it? What is your new name today? How can you be defined? How is God trying to define you? And for some of you, it may necessarily not be any of these, but the fact that you have not been identified in Christ yet. And Jesus wants to have a relationship with every single one of you. And if you haven't placed your trust, you haven't placed your faith in Jesus yet, then I wanna encourage you to do that. In just a moment, we're gonna pray and we're gonna pray a prayer. It's gonna be a prayer for everybody in the room today. And I want all of us, if we feel that we need to accept a new name today to respond in some way, shape or form. So let's do that today. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want you to think about this for just a moment, what your identity is, what can your name 
B, what is your new name? Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.